everybody, this is Lori, and I am the CEO of a company called Inclusivity and also the author of a new book, You Can Save the World. In fact, you're the only one who can. And this is our podcast, Inclusiva Talks Sustainability. And if you are tuning in now, you are tuning into the second part of our interview with Kate Furnish. And Kate is a really a um, self-help, self-growth, self-awareness, self-care guru, and also a physical therapist and has a really wonderful program all centered on joy about how to grow and become the best you that you can possibly be. Does that kind of sum you up, Kate? (laughs) Yes, that does. That does. And you know that the best you is already in there. You just get to free it. And that's what the program Surrender and the Joy Method is all about, is connecting to yourself in a way and sustaining yourself that you can live in your joy and fulfillment in life. It's time to stop searching around for it and living from it. I love that. That's a wonderful distinction. So Kate teaches us how to find the best us that's already there. So the goal is to find yourself. So anyway, this is our second podcast with Kate. And to, during this episode, we during the last episode, we talked a bit about Kate's history and how she got to developing her new program. And in this episode, we will talk more about her philosophy and advice she might give to younger people. And then we'll ask Kate to tell us a story. So thank you so much for tuning in and let's get started. If you were you know, talking to someone younger who's sort of interested in the same path you're taking. So um, I think that that might be creating a program for other people that will help them live to their better selves or live their best life. It might be someone who's interested in creating a a career in physical therapy. Um, That kind of, you know, someone who's thinking about those kinds of things. What would your advice be to them? Yeah, and they still feel like kind of two different separate paths that I'm still bringing together in my life. I'm still creating, I think. Um, My word for this year is grace. Mm -hmm. And I think I might say grace to people, um, especially if you're doing a longer educational endeavor. Give yourself grace to explore as you're learning. And, and trust your ability to learn and incorporate and innovate mm-hmm. in your field. And with sustainability, you know, I think our young children, you know, even in college, what's the term? They say crispies because they're so fried and burnt out by the time they get just to college mm-hmm. from all the activities and requirements and things placed on them. It really is a personal journey. I think sometimes we want to help others with the things we've learned ourselves and start learning. Well, maybe just knowing, knowing that you matter. And it's not just about the achievements or what you accomplish. Although that's fun to you especially at that age, right? They're 20 and they're like, they want to go and show tackle the world, right? (laughs) And show who they are and what they can do. And that's great. Just don't forget yourself in that process. 
that you're a part of it. You're not just doing it. You're living it. And I don't know if you can feel the difference in quality of those things. Be in what you're doing and trust yourself to be there rather than just checking off the accomplishments. That's beautiful advice. If you had to tell us sort of at your core what your um, underlying beliefs are, what your what drives you, what would you say it is? How would you define that? Oh, you ask good questions. Extremely <laughs> deep, y'all listening. Um, really, for me, I would use the term God. Um, someone might use the term divine or higher power or. Um, I feel like that does drive me of, you know, even as a little kid, I used to say, this is my lifetime to walk with God. Like I kind of knew this phrase in my head and I don't know where I got it. It wasn't something I heard. It was something from me. Um, And really to say yes to that and You know, the name of the method is the joy method, but the name of my program is surrender. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you think life is hard because you haven't figured it out yet or you're not doing it right. But what you really need is surrender and not just any kind. The surrender that where you surrender to who you are, you surrender to what is And then you also surrender to the possibility of what can be. And I think that there's more to us than just ourselves. We're not disconnected. Um, And when we connect to ourselves, we find the divine within ourselves that's connected to the greater whole and divine that's in everything. And so that allows us to operate from love. And to me, that's how we change the world. Like I'm almost going to get teary. (laughs) You ask a deep question. I haven't really ever answered this question in this way before, but, or been asked as directly, but we have, we have sort of this pivot point in this historical time. What are we choosing? And our earth is, groaning (laughs) and you know I watched with COVID I thought what I thought would take years to heal in just a couple of months of planetary shutdown the regeneration that we saw and if we can come from love can we regenerate one another and ourselves and be this sort of lush um, lush forest of a person, <laughs> you know, and of a planet. And so I think that's what drives me. Sometimes I have my own ideas, but I hope that they're surrendered to something even greater coming through. And I'm curious, you know, because you asked me that question and you answered your vision and created inclusivity, you know, what drove that and and did that feel like that was you alone or was there also um 
because I don't know how you would describe it. Right. Was there also divine guidance in that? Um, I think it was a push of the universe. I, I feel like it. Um, I I agree with you. I think that everything on the earth is connected. I think that there's a spirit or energy or whatever, again, whatever you want to define it, God, energy, spirit, whatever, that connects all of us, that intimately, you know, there are tangles between you and me and between me and the trees in my backyard. And I think that's what drove me to do it. I felt um, that, that there was pain and I felt that the world was not going the direction that it needed to go to create a future for the planet and for each of us. And so um, it really was that. It was a pull. It, it was a magnetic pull to do something to make a difference and to make things better. And it was a sense that connecting with other people and creating this energy and this movement was what was needed. So that's how I ended up doing it. Um, I think that there are times in our lives where we feel like we have to do something and it's certainly not us. It's certainly something outside of us pulling us. And so that's what I would say it was. And, and I do think it's, I, I fully absolutely believe that we are all intimately connected and that it's one, there's, there's, it's one it, it, the world, the earth, the people who are here, it is the animals that are here. It really is one. And if we can come to that, then I believe, yes, the earth can heal and we can continue on our path and we can stop the violence that is going on and we can um, reach a place of equity, like real equity, not, not you know, poster equity, but, but real equity where people have enough food and are respected and, and cared for and where we understand that the color of our skin, for example, or our sexual orientation has nothing to do with our worth and is nothing worth, worth separating us. So that's, that's at the core of what I believe. It's really, it's beautiful and powerful. And I want to say thank you for answering that call, you know, and creating that and, having that conversation because sometimes when people feel that separation or lack, they look to those external things for value and your value is within you. You're the miracle. <laughs> and there's also that pain, you know, people going through healing processes and coming into their wholeness but i think we're never we're never apart from our wholeness it's just calling everything back together so that we can live in our wholeness i like that very much and i think one of the things on my uh, as this journey has gone on for me one of the things that i really feel passionately about um, kate is that we need to be promoting each other and we need to be supporting each other's endeavors. And I think there's so much goodness going on. There are so many wonderful people helping each other and creating these spaces like your program, your joy program, for example, where people can feel um, just emboldened and stronger and better. And I think that there's so much of that going on that it is a tidal wave of it. 
And so now our goal, our job, I think, is to connect those. And so that as we grow, we grow. And, and it's all of us, this, again, this tidal wave of movement and growth and regeneration. And I think it's now. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty exciting. I mean, even from as being women, you know, watching in our country, in the United States, women entering the workforce, remember they used to have to, they would dress very masculine and try to function in a masculine way to enter and prove but think about the, and the timing of that, how it's shifted so much and women are finding new ways to work and to work with their and, and be there for their children and not separate, but bring it together and how we collaborate and how it's changing everything. Yeah. It's pretty exciting. It's really exciting. So Kate, this has been such a pleasure. Um, I, I want to ask you to tell us a story from your life. Um, but before I do that, I want to say, is there anything we have not touched on that you would like to touch on? I think we're, we're pretty solid. I think we had, a, I, I really enjoy speaking to you. I love watching your glow um, as you're talking and, and just you light up. I love what you're doing. And so I think I'm complete. The feeling is mutual. So that's a, for anyone who's watching, how fortunate are, are Kate and I to be here and to be able to be talking to each other. What a, what a gift. So Kate, I like to ask people at the end of our time together to just tell us a story. And the only requirement is that it feels like it's yours. It doesn't have to be anything we've talked about. It doesn't have to be anything in particular. And I will just, as a as an example of the things people have told us, we've had stories of, you know, a child's birthday party, and we've had stories of uh, literally a spiritual awakening, and we've had stories about trying to fry an egg on the sidewalk. So <laughs> they have really run the gamut, and they've all been perfect and wonderful. So that's, if you have a story, we would love to hear it. Okay, well, thank you for inviting me to tell a story. I do have one, and I'll tell you it was a turning point for me, and so that's why I want to share it with you. Um, when, when I was telling you I was a single mother in a new community, and I was trying to get adjusted to my full-time job and my children, and my son played baseball that spring. And two nights a week, we'd go to the baseball fields, which seemed like a chore after work, but as I'd pack up our things and my daughter I found out there were families there and there were younger siblings that my daughter could play with. And there were the teammates of my son and then there were families and people would ask me, how was your day? And I remember one of my friends, he said, you know, probably no one asks you that very often. And honestly, at that point I was in a new place. No one really did. And it was a hard place to be where you feel like maybe nobody cares. But the thing was, I just wasn't around the people that cared yet. And so one Saturday, the boys had practiced baseball and they had the pitching machine on the pitching mound and the net in front of the pitcher and they were hitting batting practice. And as, when they finished practice, as they were cleaning up, some of the younger sisters were there. And I said, hey, girls, do you want to try the pitching machine while it's up? Because if everything's out, we can do that. And so 
they had cleaned up the net in front of the pitcher, but the pitching machine was still there. And I asked my son, could you show the girls how, how it works, you know, stand behind, hit a couple so they can see, so they're not afraid of it. Um, so he did, and he hit a beautiful line drive right to the pitcher's mound, right into my ankle. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it was a great hit, a good solid smack, and, and, and it got me. And, you know, I just kind of, uh, I could feel it. I was kind of limping it off, and then, um, and a couple of people saw it happen. But we let the girls go. We started to go. But um, right when that happened, my kids realized, and they ran my kids that were sometimes rude to me, sometimes taking out their angst and transition on mom, ran to the catcher's area and got the net back and helped each other, cooperated to carry it back in front of me and put it there so I would be protected. Nice. And I felt so loved. Yeah. So cared for. And then I continued to stand there. And then my friend came over and said, are you all right? And why don't you take off your shoe and look at it? I'll finish the pitches for the girls. Right. And then I took off my shoe. It was pretty swollen. I put it back on because <laughs> <laughs> I'm PT and I didn't want it to swell up. And that weekend, I spent a lot of time on the sofa. Mm-hmm. And I realized in a really visceral way if I go down the three of us are going down because I work on my feet and so as I put my foot up and iced it turned out I watched a movie called the power of the heart (laughs) about listening to what your heart really wants and I knew in that moment that every day at work at 3.15 when my kids got out of school and I was thinking about them, what my heart wanted and what I was telling my patients to listen to their heart, it was a place where we did body work and we did a lot of pain and trauma work and really helping people activate their lives. And um, I needed to listen to my heart. And it was probably the first step where I actually left that job not too long after that. And I did it without another one in the works, but I knew I had to honor my heart and that I wanted to not miss it with my kids. And then another job came in that had a flexible schedule where I could work around their events and be there for them in a different way. And because I had the faith to listen to that and follow that, It was really powerful. And because my foot hurt and I was working on my feet and I had to go put my feet up at lunch and really take care of it so that it healed all the way, I started to realize those these are not a luxury. Self-care is not a luxury. It's not just for someone with time on their hands to go get a massage. Self-care is a necessity if we're going to have ourselves to give to one another. And in fact, the greatest gift we give to one another, it's not a thing. It's our, our very essence and being. And when we light that up in everyone and in each other, it lights up the world. I love it. That's my vision. (laughs) That's a beautiful story. And um, I mean, it's just when you, when it is that moment where you realized your kids, boy, I am loved. 
and I need to, I need to take care of this unit. Yeah. 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 Not just do things for them, but be there for them. Yeah. Yeah. When I was in, um, I, I never, I don't usually tell stories, but yours triggered one that, that, um, resonates so closely with it. When I was in graduate school, I defended my dissertation. My daughter, my older daughter was probably in, I don't know, sixth grade, seventh grade, something like that. Um, maybe eighth grade. And when I went to pick her up from school, the day that I defended my dissertation, um, she wasn't there right when I got there, which kind of you know, worried me. I picked up my younger daughter and then my older daughter um, was walking towards us and she had actually walked to a flower store to buy me flowers for my dissertation. And I didn't even know that she knew I was graduating. Um, She knew that it was unlikely I was going to get flowers from my then husband. Um, and And so I, it was one of the most touching gifts I've ever received because I didn't expect it. And it was just, I thought you needed some flowers for congratulations. And she was was young. So not even really understanding probably fully what it's a big accomplishment, but not understanding how big of an accomplishment was. And um, that's, it's that moment of, boy, I'm really loved. And wow. Yeah. And that moment of, Thank you for sharing. That's beautiful. And what a beautiful heart she has. And both of them. We like to give, you know, and sometimes we forget to receive and how powerful that is. And to appreciate what another gives. And that as you tell that story, the beauty of her heart shines through and you were able to receive it with graciousness and joy. <laughs> and same thing when they when they did that, I thought, oh, they do care. They don't care when I'm telling them to pick up their rooms because they don't want to pick up their rooms. <laughs> but they do care about their mom. And that's a really humbling realization when you're a giver to realize how important you are to others, your, your well-being. And Kate, don't you think that that's a, a part of creating the sustainable you so that you can create a sustainable world is being able to let other people help you. It's being able to recognize that, that receiving is also you know, giving is is a kind act, but receiving is also a kind act. Because when my daughter brought me that, it made her feel wonderful mm-hmm. because I received it. And so for people who tend to give, to sometimes take a breath and say, it's also important for me to be a gracious receiver, I think is incredibly important. And it it's again, that's how we heal the world mm-hmm. is that we give and receive with joy and uh, abandon and pleasure and, and openness. Because if we all do that, then it changes everything. Yeah. You, you said it so beautifully and that's sustainability, right? It's a give and take. It's an energy exchange 
that somehow we forgot. We thought we could all just take or just give. And so why are there, there's two polar opposites where we need more a flow back and forth. And so that's your homework. If you're listening is to receive everything for the rest of the day from a compliment to a moment of great peace or a beautiful view that you look out upon, um, receive it and really soak it in and appreciate it and enjoy it. Yeah. Kate, this was just lovely. And um, this is just an aside for everybody who's listening. So usually we cut these at about half an hour and um, then start a second episode if we're still talking and I was so engrossed with the conversation with with you Kate that I didn't stop this so we will probably still cut it into two episodes but we won't have the formal cutting that we usually do where we end one episode and start another so if you're listening to this and this is the second episode please go back and listen to the first one as well because you want to know Kate better than you do right now and Kate thank you so much for for being here. Thanks for talking with us. We will make sure that when we post this episode, we'll post information about how someone can reach out to you if they would like to do that and talk with you more about your coaching. That would be excellent. It's been just a joy to be with you. And thank you for having me here. And thank you all for listening. Our hearts are with you. And we see you thriving in whatever you're doing in your sacred life. And again, this has been Inclusive Talk Sustainability, and we'll be back for another episode. Thanks. Mm-hmm.